year after year after year after year. I feel like this is one of the feast days of the church that, number one, Catholics don't even understand. And for those who do understand, we're always trying to get our fellow Catholics, our fellow uh, our brothers and sisters who are non-Catholic, to understand the significance and the true meaning of what this feast day is all about, the Immaculate Conception of the Blessed Virgin Mary. When I was in fourth grade taking catechism classes, the teacher said, the Immaculate Conception, that's when Mary got pregnant with Jesus, and we are trying to go nine months of being pregnant. How did she get pregnant on December 8th and then have the child on December 25th? The Holy Spirit, it's a miracle, who knows? We celebrate today the reality that our Blessed Mother was conceived in the womb of St. Anne, totally free from the original sin that encapsulates every other human being in history. Spare Jesus. We celebrate that for a very significant reason. Because this is the day that everything starts to start over. Everything begins anew. It begins afresh. The enemy is starting to have his head crushed now. In the first reading, we hear this story about Adam and Eve playing the blame game. God is walking with Adam, and he says, well, I'm hiding because I'm naked, God. Who told you that? Why did you do this? The woman made me do it. Eve, why did you do this? The serpent made me do it. We don't like to take blame. We don't like to take responsibility for our fault. So, of course, we know the rest of the story. You, serpent, you're going to crawl on your belly. You're going to eat dirt the rest of your life. I'm going to put animosity, there's enmity between you and the woman, your offspring and hers. You're going to strike at her heel, and she's going to crush your head. His head begins to be crushed, because God now starts to begin this sanctification, as he has throughout all the prophets, but in a real, authentic way, the very first tabernacle for Jesus Christ was created. The first tabernacle of the immaculate womb of our mother something very important and significant that we overlook, and that's the fact that in the Blessed Virgin Mary, we find everything that we need to empower us, to encourage us, to give us the motivation and the dedication to choose her son, Jesus Christ. You go back to the gospel from this past Sunday, and John the Baptist says, produce good works, good fruit to show your repentance. If you're really going to do something, if you're really going to encounter God, if you're really going to pray, then you need to change. Something must change. Without change, there's no prayer. Without prayer, there's no hope. Without hope, why even show up? It all begins anew today because things start to change. See, when Gabriel appears to the Blessed Virgin Mary, and he says all these wonderful things, and sure, she might be a little hesitant. How can this be? I know not man. How is this even possible? Gabriel gives us the key to everything. The Holy Spirit will be with you, yes, but the power of the Most High will overshadow you, Mary. And a lot of times we look at that and we go, that's kind of harsh. What did Mary do to deserve to have her whole freedom taken away? She's just going to be overpowered. Luke does not say the Holy Spirit is going to overpower her. He doesn't say that the Holy Spirit is going to overtake her or boss her around. Overshadow, that word he uses. But the significance of being overshadowed by the power of the Most High God is that our mother, and our mother, the Lord's mother, allowed it to happen. The significance of her being immaculately conceived and free from all original sin 
is that she had the total perfect freedom, the perfect will aligned with our Lord's to choose to let him do whatever it is. Father Andrew says that all the time, to give the Lord permission. Give him that freedom. Give him that room to move and to speak and to change and to form, to gather and to scatter, to do all these different things. Mary did it perfectly. Be it done as you say, Gabriel. She could have said no. This big debate about that, would her will have allowed her to say no? She was a human being with a free will. Her being free from sin allowed her to be overshadowed and changed for eternity, to bear the Son into the world. That's beautiful, Father. That's a 2,000-year-old story. And yes, we should praise God for the gift of Mary, but what does that have to do with us in 2022? The same thing that St. Paul writes to the Ephesians in the very first chapter of that letter that you heard in the second reading. Praise God, he says, because he has chosen us. Not because we're the leftovers, not because he has nothing better to do, not because there's some other option that didn't work out. He has chosen us to be holy and blameless in his sight, much like Mary to be without blame, to be without sin. He chooses us to be empowered, to be set free from sin. Why then does it not happen? We don't give him the freedom to do so. We love our sin too much. I love my sin too much to give him that freedom to move and to shake things up and to speak and to draw me into the fullness of who he is. Everything that we do as Catholics and as Christians Every act of devotion, every act of praise, every prayer, everything that we could possibly do that brings us to the Lord is initiated by Him. Its origins are in God. So Mary simply saying, be it done unto me according to your word, it pointed her back to her Creator. She knew the Scriptures. Being a good, faithful Jewish girl of her time, she knew the Scriptures. She knew what it all meant for Gabriel to say, he'll be called the Son of Man. He'll be Emmanuel. You're going to name him this. This is what he's going to do. Mary knew what that meant. Do we recognize the significance of who we are as God's chosen people? If not, how could we possibly hope to even understand the significance of who the Lord is, who comes to bring power and might and justice? Everything that we do to glorify him should point us back to its origin, which is God himself. It's always in response to that invitation he gives us because he has chosen us. That's what we celebrate today. That Mary's yes was an invitation. It was a response to that perfect, joyful, hope-filled promise of joy that God invited her into. And she said yes. And everything started afresh. We need not overlook the simple fact that just like Mary, when we say yes to God and we follow his plan, even if, please, Lord, we do so perfectly, in no way, shape, or form does it exempt us from the pain and sufferings of this earth. The Blessed Mother was woken up in the middle of the night by St. Joseph after his dream to flee Bethlehem because Herod was coming with the sword to slay the firstborn males. That's a sorrow, a sword in her heart. She lost her child for three days in Jerusalem and finally found him in the temple. Could you imagine losing your child for three solid days before Life 360 and cell phones and where are you, mom's mad? 
Later on, she lost her son for another three days when he was lifeless in the tomb after she watched him be butchered on the cross. Could you imagine? Forty days later, she lost him again when he ascended into heaven and sent the disciples out, sent the apostles forward. She was not in any way, shape, or form exempt from pain and suffering and mourning and death. Why would we think we are then? We who are sinful, we who are hindered, and don't give God the full freedom and allow Him to overshadow us, to empower us, to save us, to redeem us. We look to the intercession, the example, this perfect person of the Blessed Virgin Mary, because she does what she does best. In every thought, word, and action, she points us back to her Son. She wants no glory for her own. She wants no honor or praise for her own because she realizes that our response to those things are originated in God himself. How beautiful, how powerful, how profound and significant then that we have a God who is so loving that he gives us that perfect mother who intercedes for us day in and day out, who loves us to the extent that she wants us to know her son the way that she does. One of my favorite saints, St. Maximilian Colby, once said, Never be afraid of loving the Blessed Virgin Mary too much, because you can never love her more than Jesus himself. Yes, Jesus loved his mama, but it's because she responded to him first. May we always have that grace of the Blessed Virgin Mary, through her intercession, through her example, through her very life, in everything that we utter, everything that we think, everything that we do. May that same perfect prayer come from our lips, but only when we're ready. Be it done unto me according to your word is a very dangerous thing to say. We shouldn't say it until we are totally free to respond in freedom. We're totally at peace to respond in peace. We have a joyful heart to respond in joy, to give God that freedom to give him that permission to overshadow us, to invigorate us and seal us with his Holy Spirit, to go out, to live the gospel truth, to live the message of Advent, really, that redemption is coming. It's already come and it has, come and it has yet to come. Prepare your hearts, prepare your souls, especially during this Advent season. Follow after the Blessed Mother. Don't be nervous or afraid to ask for her help. She's there waiting. Never underestimate the power of the prayer of a mama, especially the Blessed One. She wants us to join her in heaven to behold the face of her son for all eternity, totally fulfilled, totally overshadowed, totally humbled, but in joy, in peace, and in the glory of God. Again, as St. Paul writes, he has chosen us, chosen us in that same grace that overshadowed the Blessed Mother, in that same grace that filled her heart and left no room for imperfection or sin. He has chosen us in that same thing, so should we not choose him back? What needs to change then? What needs to take place in our hearts, in our actions, in our thoughts, even in our prayers? to lead us closer and closer to that perfect utterance. Yes, Lord, I accept. 
be it done unto me according to your will. You've been listening to the Christ the King at LSU podcast. If you would like to become a golden giver or learn more about what we do, please visit ctklsu.org.